Well, hello out there. It's me, Winnie the Pooh. And don't forget to remember to stay tuned to the Riley and Kimmy Show. And don't forget to remember to keep on bouncing, says Tigger. <laughs> The Riley and Kimmy Show The Riley and Kimmy Show Toys, movies, comics, and so much more The Riley and Kimmy Show And the more that you listen, the more that you'll know The Riley and Kimmy Show and welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one right! Get it! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Hi! Hi there! And welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, where we offer pop culture escapism all the time. Right, Kimmy? That's right. All the time. That's what we offer every single episode. Every we, day. Every single day. That's how it works, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't do these just once in a while, once a month, once a week. It is every single day. Pop, every day. That's right. Pop culture escapism all the time, often imitated but never duplicated. It is the Riley and Kimmy show. And Kimmy, are you energized and ready to go for this episode? Yep. It, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a flashback Friday episode of the Riley and Kimmy show, and I guarantee we will go back in time in just a little bit. I'm starting my own convention. No need to do that. This episode of the Riley and Kimmy show is being brought to you by the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. It's happening not that far off, Kimmy. It's happening October 2nd in Melbourne, Florida. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Rob Gilry will be there, special guest. Also, artist Chad Thomas will be there, just to name a few. And, oh, oh, Jim Fern will be there, too, as well. Just some of the comic book guests who will be there. Okay. And, by the way, we've interviewed uh, Rob Gilry before and Chad Thomas. We have those interviews available right on our website. You can get that right to the uh, the links section of our website at RileyandKimmy.com. You can hear uh, previous interviews with Rob and Chad. Looking forward to this big event. It's happening on a Sunday. That's Sunday, October 2nd. And, by the way... They are looking for artists right now, local artists, also vendors. So if you are, you know, maybe somebody who sketches or has prints and things like that or crafts, uh, be sure to contact them. We have a we have a link to the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con, how you can get your table space right on our website. It's in the nerd news section. Also uh, vendors as well. If you have, you know, whatever collectibles and and things like that, toys, action figure statues. They're looking for you at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. Be sure to get your table today because those tables will be going fast. I have already been contacted by quite a few artist friends who said, hey, when, when, when is that? And they're already mm -hmm. getting their tables booked. So don't be left out from this big, fun, nerd event happening October 2nd. That is a Sunday in Melbourne, Florida. Now, I will be taking a tour of this uh, new site coming up next week and mm -hmm. we'll be making that part of the Riley and Kimmy show doing a little tour. There's some things we might be doing at this event that I can reveal maybe after the tour. Okay. How's that Kimmy? Sounds secretive. It's not secretive. Just got to make sure everything's you know good for that. And okay. we'll be doing that coming up in the very near future. We'll be uh, talking with a show promoter of the Melbourne toy and comic con and also taking a tour of this big place that it's being held 
in Melbourne, Florida. Now, before sitting down for episode 910, Kimmy, I noticed you posted something about record players and records. Mm-hmm. And let's see, what was the gist of what you posted? You had a picture of you uh, when you were very young playing DJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, extremely young, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I've always loved music. It's always been a big part of my life. I'd go in my room and listen to records for hours. And so um, I had a lot of records, um, starting with, you know, those old 45s and... You know, there's some millennials who have no idea um, what you're talking about. I know. They have I no know. idea what you're talking about. I even remember the yellow records and the red records and when vinyl was... Well, I know you asked what your first album was. Mm-hmm. Mine were Peter Pan records. Well, those were, those were hand-me-downs but from my, my brothers. Mine but. were Peter Pan records. Mm-hmm. Those are the first ones I bought. I had Disney records. Um, so, yeah. I had a lot of, a lot of records. And then I, I talked about what were your first pop rock albums. Things like that. All of which I still have. But, yeah. Okay, and I guarantee the type of record player you had was not the kind I had. My very first kind was this. Hey, hey, it's close and play. Close the lid. The music plays. Like magic. Open the lid. The music stops. Like magic. See? No tone arm to handle. Just close and play. Close and play is so simple, even Nancy can have her own. Kenner's new improved close and play. One of the easiest to use phonographs in the world. Play your 45 RPM records any place. It's battery operated. And remember, close and play is not for mom or dad or big sister. Kenner's close and play photograph is just for you. Hey, hey, it's close and play. Records not included. It's Kenner. It's fun. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, I had that close and play. Okay. Did you ever see a close and play before? Mm, not in person, but yes, I... Yes, you yeah. did. You didn't pay attention at the, oh, let's see, maybe it was last Daytona Beach comic book convention uh, that happened. Uh, our good friend Mike Kills had oh, a close and play with right. him, and that's we right. tested it. And you wouldn't let me take that home with me because I'd like to add that to the collection. Mm. You said I could not have that. He had the box, too. Oh, wow. wow. And I mean, I really, you know, that that disappointed me, Kimmy. Yeah. But that's okay. Maybe you'll let me next time Yeah. Uh, get one of those. The Close I had, and Play. I had a nice little record player, and then I got one of my brother's old hand-me-down stereos, and, and that's when I think I jumped into, like, the real vinyl, the pop rock stuff. and. No, so you didn't, you're, you're not counting the real and, records as those that you cut out of the back of the cereal no, boxes? No, I'm not counting. Yeah, no. Did you ever and have those? I think I had some. Oh, I had those. And then uh, my brothers taught me how to properly handle records. So um, none of my records had any fingerprints on it. They were all pristine, and I took really good care of my records. And they're, they're all in alphabetical order back there in crates in the closet in another room, even, even to this day. Okay. But I used to go and listen to records in my room all the time. All right, Kimmy. There's millennials listening that have no idea what Kimmy is talking about. I They're know. like, what is she talking about? You know, I sit in my closet listening to my MP3 player <laughs> <laughs> or my uh, my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. I'm with my tablet listening to that all the time, mm-hmm. watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kimmy and her record player. I know. Uh, 
Well, thank you for taking us back on that flashback Friday memory. Yeah, sometimes my mom would come in and tell me to turn down my stereo. Oh, so you didn't have headphones? No. They let you just go and, and disturb the neighborhood, cranking, yeah. out, cranking out the hits for everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> with your subwoofers. Well, no. <laughs> with, your, with your tweeters and your subwoofers, having a good old time. Okay, Kippy. Did you have one of those big, big, uh, you know, boom boxes too? Did you eventually get one of those? I mean, big ones. Mm-mm. Did you walk around with that on your no. shoulder? And, I'm just curious, you know. No. Well, you love music so much, maybe sat in your closet with that. I, I don't know. No. Did you go 8-track for a bit? No, nope, never, oh, never okay. had a 8-tracks. All right, Kenny. No. Thanks for the flashback Friday memories here. But I did belong to the Columbia CD Club. Oh, you're one of the, you, well, CD or record? CD. Ooh, you're actually, well, wait a second. Those were, I thought, most people got hooked and those were, you know, like kids. You weren't exactly a kid when the CD things were coming around. Mm. How did that work? Did that work for you? Or did they, you know, that take worked. advantage? At, it, you know, at first. Well, yeah. At first, then what happened? Then I quit it. They let you get out of it with no problems. After, yeah, after a point. Okay. All right. I, I didn't know you were you were one of those. I when never I, met. When I first went in CDs, I did that. I never knew anybody that was part of something like that. Oh. Never met anybody who went down that path. You're mm, the first person I ever really? met. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And of all the people, maybe my one of my relatives did. I'm not sure. Because he had an awful lot of A-tracks. Mm. I mean, he probably still does. I mean, an awful lot of A-tracks. We're talking thousands of A-tracks. And okay. I don't know how he got them all. I yeah, guess. my my CDs, I remember ordering through there. It was Paul Abdul, Bobby Brown, that, you know, so it that's tells rather, you it was that's like rather late, in the late game. 80s. It's rather late in the game there for doing that. Really? I, I would think. I, I I didn't know they were actually, I, I thought that was kind of cut off by the time CDs came to be. Just, I, I never met anybody. Well, see, I was working in the industry where promotional. I'm talking CDs. Yeah, not, I know promotional CDs were you know, okay. prevalent, you know, in my world and for clubs and stuff like that, spinning like that. I never thought of, you know, dropping whatever, a penny to get five and then have to buy 500 over the next 10 years. It wasn't when, that bad. Whatever the deal was. Well, thank you for our flashback memory, Kimmy, on this Friday. Sure. Are you ready to play Nerd and Geek Trivia? Oh, yes. All right, Kimmy, here we go. <laughs> It's time for Nerd and Geek Trivia, where we ask Kimmy some questions uh, revolving around on this date in history. She gets more of them right than wrong on this June 24th. She gets herself some pocket lint, and she has been doing a great job. I think she is building some kind of creature out of that pocket lint, and I don't think you've missed any in the past few days. You've been been a winner. I've been doing pretty good. Yes, you have. Are you all energized and ready for this June 24th? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Kimmy, here we go on June 24th. For some things that happen in the pop culture world, and I'm not going to ask you questions on a couple of these here because that would not be fair. It was on this date in history, Kimmy, that Mary Pickford became the first female film star to sign a million-dollar contract. And why that's a big deal is she did that in the year 1916. Yeah, I was going to say, she's like really old school. I mean, she's really old school. Matter of fact, Jed Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies, that was his favorite movie star. Wow. And when he bought Mammoth Studios, that's the name of the studios Jed Clampett bought, because he was going to make motion pictures, movie pictures, whatever they call them. He wanted to bring Mary Pickford out of retirement. 
Yeah, she's like really, really old school, like old school one one room schoolhouse school. Yes, she. Well, think about it. 1916. You know, cars are like brand brand new, Kimmy. She's were they just, even out yet? Yes, cars were out. I mean, she's she's barely. Well, airplanes were barely out. Think about that. World War Two, World War Two, World War One is is the United States is about to enter into. It. It's already happening in in Europe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, it's pre radio, Kimmy. Wow. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Pre pre TV, Kimmy. Crazy. Yes, pre pre talkies, Kimmy. It was that silent era stuff. Yep. 1916. Now, something that else had happened on this date in history, it was on this date in 1949. If you recognize this movie theme right here, or actually TV theme, I, I, I said it right, TV theme, TV theme, 1949, you are really old. <laughs> if you recognize that, and you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you are ancient city. You're as old as, oh, like our good friend Tom Raup from Pop Culture Playground. I'm sure he sat in front of that TV set in 1949, warming himself up, watching this one. Do you have any clue what this show is? Give me, it's not a trivia question for you. Do you have no any, idea. Do you, do you know what style it is? Is it a sci-fi, a detective? Is it a western? Sounds like a romance. It's not a romance, unless you count loving your Oh, home. here, I hear the... Yes, Kimmy. I hear the clip-clops. It must be Western. It is a Western. It was a very popular Western, 1949. Not too many TVs out there, so didn't... <laughs> you know, you, you you were guaranteed to be popular, actually, in a way. 1949, this was the first television Western, Kimmy. No, it was not Gunsmoke. It was Hopalong Cassidy mm. on NBC. I don't think you've probably ever seen... I heard of it. You've heard of Hopalong. Actually, you know, it's, this is what's kind of interesting. Hopalong's a good example of something. Hopalong Cassidy merchandise was everywhere. It was extremely popular, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they probably had Hopalong uh, Cassidy toilet paper. I'm not sure. They had Hopalong everything just about, right? Mm. And that's one of the things I talk about, how superhero genre is very close to the Westerns were of way back when. This stuff was everywhere. And then, poof, it's gone. Something poof. to think about. Right, 1949. Hopalong Cassidy made his television debut. Now moving over to celebrity birthdays on this date in history. Jack Dempsey. Do you know who Jack Dempsey was, Kimmy? That's a familiar name. In sports. Can you tell me what he was known for in sports? Boxing. That's right. See, you're doing very well. He was born on this date in history. Died at the age of 87, May 31st of 1983. Roy O. Disney was born on this date in history. Can you tell me who Roy O. Disney's brother is or was would it be walt that's right that was his brother was it his younger or older brother younger that's correct the two of them founded the walt disney company hmm. became walt disney not roy disney think about that mm. older brother he got he got you know pushed mm. aside a little bit there just a, just a dad he died let's see on december 20th of 1971 at the age of 78 born on this date in history now somebody else born on this date 1901 kimmy from the world of sports, let's see if you know what his name is tied to. His name is Chuck Taylor. Tell me oh, what Chuck Taylor... Converse shoes. Yeah, yes. Do you know why he is tied to Converse shoes? Mm-mm. Well, he was a basketball player, but this is what's really kind of weird. He's actually a salesperson who get, gets his name tied to Converse. Now, he died at the age of 69 in 1969, the day before his birthday. His birthday is today, 
Mm. But he died June 23rd, 1969. Mm. Now, the Converse All-Star was introduced in 1917 when he was 16 years old. It was one of the first specially designed shoes to be worn playing basketball. In 1921, Taylor went to the sales offices of Converse Shoes in Chicago searching for a job, and they hired him. And then he became like the big pitch person for him, eventually convinced them to change the design of the shoe, and they added that all-star emblem on it. Hmm. And he became their number one salesperson. Oh. So the, and that's where the Chuck. Because a lot of times when I wear my Converse to work, um, somebody will say something like, hey, I like those Chuck Taylors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he became identified and, mm-hmm. with that. He didn't create them or anything. Which I think some people think he did, mm. but he didn't. I have those in many colors. Well, so do I. So do I. And but I have more than you. Probably. You probably do. <laughs> I, 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 although I have Vans as well. Yeah, well, I have them in pink too. I am not jealous of that. I have checkerboard Vans. Okay. Uh, I have, okay. And, you know, I have 80s style shoes too, retros. Okay. Individual born on this date in history, Kimmy, you will not recognize the name. Unfortunately, I don't I don't think you will recognize the name. We have a little tribute to this person. Big in the world of voiceovers, also in the world of radio. He was an American singer, songwriter, and actor, born on this date, 1904, passed away at the age of 91 in 1995. He found success as an orchestra leader and was a pioneer in the radio situation comedy, first with Jack Benny, and then with his own show for over eight years with his wife. And then he went into the world of animation, a lot of voiceover stuff. This is Phil Harris with a couple of examples of his animation specialties, and you will hear him doing a singing bit on Ed Sullivan here. I got them all... Mixed down here for you. Here you go, real quick. Here's a little tribute to Phil Harris on this Flashback Friday. Well, now. <laughs> what have we here? Hmm. <laughs> hey. What a funny little bit of a... Oh. Oh, boy, I've seen everything in these woods. Ooh, what have I run on? What a pretty thing this is. Well, now. That's pretty big talk, little britches. <laughs> Pitiful. Hey, kid, you need help. And old Baloo's gonna learn you to fight like a bear. Now, come on, I'm gonna show you. Robin. Mm-hmm. Robert. Hey! Hmm? Hey, what? Ah, oh, forget it. Your mind's not on food. You're thinking about somebody with long eyelashes. And you're smelling that sweet perfume. <coughs> hey, whoa, it's, it's burning over. You're burning the chow. Oh, come on, Robbie. Climb the castle walls. Sweep her off her feet. But on his way returning home, he met a great big grizzly bear. How the bear got down in the middle of the road, and on all fours like a great big toad, and looked that preacher right square in the eye, and the preacher looked at him and said, Bye bye. Hey, Lord, you deliver Dan from the lion's den. Also deliver Jonah from the belly of the whale, and then the Hebrew children of the fiery furnace. declared, Now, Lord, if you get me for goodness sake, don't help that bear. Um, Abraham de Lacy. 
Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, O'Malley the alley cat. I've got that wanderlust. Gotta walk the scene. That is Phil Harris. A little tribute to him. Let's see if Kimmy can identify some of those cartoon voices that he did there. Oh, yeah. I was, I was about to say he did Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat. From? From the Aristocats. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what else? Baloo. From? From uh, Jungle Book. All right. And then do you recognize the other bear character he did? Mm-hmm. Another cartoon? It's almost like, it's funny. There's what some people call Disney doppelgangers, where Disney actually took original material they did and they recycled it and some claim robin hood is a little bit of a recycle of other uh disney scenes Mm. and blue is reused as little john in the robin hood cartoon the animated piece starring phil harris's voice i never realized till tonight that thomas the alley cat is blue that's right it's phil harris Phil Harris. and hmm. one you, learned, of the, one, you learned something on one, the Riley and Kimmy show. That's right. One, and we had a little sample of them there with the Ed Sullivan show. It's one of the cool things, though, of checking out the golden age of radio with uh, Jack Benny is to listen to his interaction with Jackson, as he calls him, because he was the hip cat of the day. And he was just really cool. And their, their play with each other is just fantastic. That's Phil Harris and Jack Benny. And Phil Harris's birthday today. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a little uh, cool. flash, a little flashback with him. Moving over to the Almanac, Kimmy Mick Fleetwood having a birthday today. How old is singer, musician, creator, composer Mick Fleetwood? Seventy-three. He is sixty-nine years old. Okay. All right, Kimmy, are you ready here? Mm-hmm. We have. I want you to identify. This is so easy. Okay. Identify this birthday person with some of their classic voice work. Also, they they acted on camera with these roles. Here we go, Kimmy. Here's clue number one. Drop it. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. All right, Kimmy. Who is that birthday person? Do you need one more clue? Um, I I can oh. see him. All right, here's your other clue, Kimmy. Captain Kirk, without authorization and in league with the fugitive John Harrison, you went rogue in enemy territory, leaving me no choice but to hunt you down and destroy you. Lock phasers. Wait, sir, wait, 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 wait. I'll make this quick. Target all aft torpedoes on the Enterprise. All right, Kimmy, last Star Trek movie. Tell me who he is. He also did the voice of Batman in one of the uh, cartoons. I can see him. I'm uh, trying to think of his name. I'm trying to pull it up. All right, Kimmy, you can do it. Come on. He's RoboCop. He's RoboCop. He's bad guy on Star Trek. That's right. Plays the Admiral who goes bad or is bad. It's not coming up. You can do it, Kimmy. It's not coming up. Peter. Peter. Come on, you can do it. Peter Weller. Weller. Peter Weller having a birthday today. How old is Peter Weller today? Uh, 53. Peter Weller is 69 today. No, get yes, out of here. Yes, he is. He's 69 years old today, wow. Kimmy. Yes, the voice okay. of Batman, RoboCop. Wow. And the bad admiral, as Kimmy pointed out, from Star Trek. Okay. Kind of wish they hadn't killed him off in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked him. He's one of, I mean, I like that movie, even though a lot of people didn't care for Star Trek Into Darkness. I kind of I kind of dug that film. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, Kimmy, moving over to somebody else having a birthday today. He was Uncle Ben on TV. He played Uncle Ben on Family Affair. Oh. Can you tell me 
the actor's Sebastian name? Sebastian Cabot. Wrong. That's Mr. French. Oh. Can you tell oh, us? Brian <laughs> Keith. Brian Keith. That's correct. Born on this date. Tell me how old he was when he passed away. 78. Let me rephrase that. He died on this date. Tell me how old he was when he passed away. 78. He was 75. That's close mm-hmm. enough. That's pocket Lenny. He passed away in 1997. Another one here who passed away. A great one who passed away. Kimmy, here is your clue. See if you can identify who this is by this audio soundbite. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go, Kimmy. You are a blabbermouth! A All right, Gibby, who is that? Jackie Gleason. That's right. Jackie Gleason passed away on this date in history. What year did the great one pass away? 83. 1987. How old was he when he passed on? 67. He was 71 when he passed away in Florida. Mm. All right, Gibby. Florida. Who, yes. He, he, mm. he retired, well, not really retired, uh, early in his I don't want to say really early, but uh, he was still very active. He left Hollywood and moved to Florida hmm. and lived on a houseboat and all kinds of stuff. For, wow. I mean, for years. And used to call into talk show radio. That was his big thing. Oh. And love late night talk shows. Larry King uh, got his major start. He was already working radio in other places, was in Miami and did a late night talk show. And one of the frequent people calling into his show was Jackie Gleason. How cool. And Jackie Gleason had one of the biggest... Uh, personal libraries on a wide range of material and he donated donated that i can't remember to what to university and stuff hmm. he was very inquisitive had a very sharp mind hmm. that is the great one who passed away on this date 1987 kimmy was able to identify jackie gleason from the honey mooners actually yelling at alice's mother <laughs> that's 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 who he was that was who he was yelling at because alice's mother spoiled the scene is there's a play or a movie that it's a mystery and he and alice are supposed to go out to it well alice mentions it to the mom and says you know we're going to go to such and such and she goes oh that's not a real mystery i knew who did the murder the murder was blah 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 and that's what caused him to do that oh. that's that's why he threw her out of the apartment oh. classic scene one of the best i mean all all they're all gems but that that's one of them that really really stands out another person who passed away on this date in history is a voiceover talent matter of fact his list of accomplishments are huge he was a ventriloquist he was a doctor kimmy hmm. he is one of the no i'm not kidding here he's a animated or animated. He worked in animation big time, Disney and many others, including commercials. But one of the things he did is he's one of the original or first to create the artificial heart. It's not a joke mm. at all. Mm-hmm. And just a brilliant mind. Here's a sample of Paul Winchell, who passed away on this date in history. What power? What power? What just put the muscle on dirt and scum? Oh, we scrub it away fast. Oh, we do. We really do. We disinfect and deodorize, too. Okay, Charms, you're all washed up. <laughs> Look at the shine we leave behind. We work extra hard so you don't have to. I'm sure Kimmy remembers that one, right? Oh, yeah. And you'll remember this one by Paul Winchell. Direct. One of them turned off. But we'll stop the rest of them when we blast the pass. You plant the dynamite, Mudley. 
and I'll give you the signal. <laughs> what was that? All right, that's uh, Dick Dasterly, and you also might remember him as this. Oh, uh, glad to meet you. Name's Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That's spells Tigger. The wonderful thing about Tigger is Tigger's a wonderful thing. The tops are made out of rubber. The bottoms are made out of spring. The bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, flouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful things about Tigger is I'm the only one. Yes, Paul Winchell, one of the greatest voiceover talents of all time. I wish I could have met him. I would have given anything to have met him. One of the coolest things is he and Jim Cummings worked together. Jim Cummings took over voicing Tigger, Mm -hmm. and he also took over voicing Winnie the Pooh, which is really cool because he does both of them, although Winchell did not do Pooh, okay? He wasn't the voice of Winnie the Pooh, but he was the voice of Tigger, and the two of them did work together, which is so cool, and the torch was passed over to Jim Cummings. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to we're going to go back in time right now with this flashback Friday and remember Paul Winchell was something that goes way back that gave Edgar Bergen a run for his money. Now one of the things that Paul Winchell did and he's really known for especially for people who are a little older than us, matter of fact quite a bit older than us, is he did uh, Jerry Mahoney. Do you remember Jerry Mahoney the, the ventriloquist the dummy thing? Would well, a lot of kids TV back way before we were born there, you know, was part of with uh, Jerry Mahoney and cast of characters. He gave Edgar Bergen a run for his money, even on the radio. I know it's hard to imagine how somebody can do a, a ventriloquist act on the radio, but Edgar Bergen was quite successful with Charlie McCarthy doing that, and they tried that with Paul Winchell. Now, both of them have something which is kind of interesting. They can actually switch their voices very fast without any gimmickry, meaning there's nothing... No gimmicking going on of recording or anything. They're switching their voices and they're carrying on conversations with themselves. Hmm. Bergen does that with Charlie McCarthy. Fantastic. Paul Winchell is fantastic at this as well. So here's a little known radio program we're going to do before TV. He really, he hit TV. TV loved Paul Winchell. Maybe more than Edgar Bergen at first. Loved him. So before TV, he was on the radio, the golden age of radio. And we have a sample of that right now with the Paul Winchell and Jerry Mahoney show going back to July 10th, 1944. This episode's called Jerry's Birthday Bicycle on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Paul Winchell, Jerry Mahoney Show. Paul Winchell, Jerry Mahoney Show, featuring that lovely young singing star, Vera Barton, and Bob Stanley and his orchestra. And here is that talented young ventriloquist, Paul Winchell, and his little wooden dummy pal, Jerry Mahoney. Right now, Paul is on the phone arranging for Jerry's birthday present. Jerry hasn't come in yet. Yeah, that's right, Phil. Yeah, be sure and have the bicycle over later in the day. And what's that, Phil? Yes, it's Jerry's birthday, and I want this to be a big surprise for him. Yeah, okay, Phil. Here he comes now. I'll see you later. Goodbye. Uh, say, Winch. Hmm? Oh, yes, Jerry? Uh, will you help me with my arithmetic? Your arithmetic? Uh-huh. Well, I thought school was over. Not for me, it ain't. Oh, I still got to study arithmetic, or I stay in the sixth grade again. And believe me, it's getting monotonous. Well, what's your problem, Jerry? Well, it says here if one gallon of gas costs 19 and 2 tenths cents, how much does four gallons cost? Mm-hmm. Isn't that silly? What's silly? Gallons again. 
Ah, but that's not the point. No? No, I don't see anything so difficult about the problem. You don't? It's just four times 19 and two-tenths, that's all. Yeah, well, the 19 doesn't bother me. It's a two-tenths that louses the thing up. Jerry? <laughs> now, what's your language, Jerry? Why, are there sailors in the house? Oh. <laughs> Look, uh, let's get back to the problem. Okay. Now, all you do is multiply by fractions. Y- by what? Fractions. You know what a fraction is, don't you? Oh, sure. If a guy breaks his leg, that's a fraction. No. <laughs> no, that's a fracture. Oh. Now, I'll figure it out for you. Swell. Now, let me see. 19 and two-tenths. Yeah, 19 and two-tenths. Uh, I'm a little rusty in my fractions. It's a bad place to get rusty. <laughs> well, now, let's see. 19 and two-tenths. We all know that two-tenths is 20, so we take the 20 and add it to the 19. We do. Now, 20 and 19 is 39. Now, we'll divide the 39 by four gallons. You divide it? Now, four goes into 39. Let me see. Four into 39. You see, you can't do it. We'll have to make it 40 instead. What are you doing? Raising the price of gas already? <laughs> There's a ceiling, you know. Be quiet, Jerry. I'm trying to help you. Now, let's see. How many quarts are there in a gallon? What's that got to do with it? Let me see. Now, there are 16 ounces in a pound. Yeah, but they don't sell gas by the pound. <laughs> Jerry, on second thought, I don't think it'd be fair to the other children for me to do your problems for you. Uh-huh. You've got to learn to figure these things out for yourself, the way I always did. Nobody ever helped me with my arithmetic. Winch, is this the way you've been figuring out my problems for me all year? Why, certainly. No wonder I flunked arithmetic. <laughs> Bob Stanley and the orchestra and George Gershwin's On the I Think. What are you doing? Oh, just singing, just singing. Uh, do you happen to know the day today is, would you? Sure. Today is July 10th. July, very good, very good. Well, uh, the person who is nearest and dearest to you was born today. Oh, you're wrong, Jerry. Today isn't my birthday. Today. <laughs> well, you're sharp as a wet tea bag tonight. <laughs> Look, Winch, someone standing beside you was born today. Oh, you mean the stork bought a package? The stork brings packages these days, too? Of course. <laughs> Parcel Post must be really up against it. 
Now, Wench, concentrate hard. Okay. If I was born today, what day is it? Now, don't tell me. All these years people call me the dummy, eh? <laughs> I've got it. It's your birthday. Sometimes I wish John Kiernan was a ventriloquist. Correct. Well, I didn't forget your birthday, Jerry. You didn't? And you know the type of presents I give. Yes, I do. I do. Knowing how extravagant I am, what do you think I'd give you? A bag of peanuts. <laughs> Jerry, I'm going all out on your present. You mean you're having them salted? No. <laughs> I mean I have a wonderful surprise for you. You have? Just because you've been so well-behaved lately. Oh, uh, because I've been so well-behaved. That's right. Now, because you've made such a fine record. Uh, could I have the surprise now, please? Why now? Well, uh, you know how easily records get broken. Yeah, I wonder who that could be. Maybe that's my surprise. Good day, Mr. Winchell. I hate to take advantage of our being neighbors, but may I come Sure, sure. Pull up a pail and sit down. <laughs> Mr. Winchell, do you mind if I come right to the point? Well, just be careful not to sit down on it, that's all. Sure, quiet. Uh, what's troubling you today? Well, all year my wife and I have been putting a little money aside for a fun for her to go on a vacation this summer. Oh, well, that's nice. Yes, I was very happy. <laughs> but this morning she decided to go. And you hate to see her go? Oh, no. I'd have been very happy to see her go. <laughs> Only... Only what? Only, you know how high living expenses have been lately and taxes. <laughs> and the horses haven't been running so good. <laughs> oh, I get it, Winch. The fun has shrunk. That's right, Jerry. Well, uh, just how far has the fun shrunk? <laughs> Mr. Winchell, it shrunk right out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, does your uh, wife know this? She found it out this morning, and now she's left me. Well, what do you want us to do about it? Well, I was wondering if you knew the name of a good detective to look for her. Well, let me see. There's uh, Detective O'Brien. Oh, no, he won't do. <laughs> the last time I hired him to look for my wife, he found her right away. <laughs> Now, what's the matter with Officer Monaghan? But, Jerry, Monaghan's so absent-minded, he'd forget who he was looking for. Oh, that's just the man I want. <laughs> Where can I get in touch with him? Yeah, but he'll never find your wife in a million years. Well, that ought to be long enough. I'm afraid I don't understand. If you don't want your wife to come back, why are you hiring a detective to go look for her? Well, I'll tell you, Mr. Winchell. She always comes back anyhow. And I'd rather have a detective bring her back than I have her come back alone. Oh, I see. Uh, to protect her till she gets home. No, to protect me when she gets home. <laughs> well, I gotta go see Officer Monaghan now. Goodbye. So long. Good night. And, uh, uh, how about that surprise you were telling me about? Uh, could I have been wrong about your behavior? Uh, about the birthday present, please. Is today your birthday, Jerry? Well, congratulations. Why, it's Vera Barton. <laughs> Thank you for the congratulations, Vera. Oh, that's all right. Say, Jerry, do you know anything about the chewing gum on the couch last night? Uh, uh, uh chewing gum? Uh, couch? My sailor and I found it when we sat down. We had to sit there alone for hours. Uh, because of the gum? No, but boy, what an excuse that gave us. Wow. Oh, he was so romantic. He kept asking me to kiss him. Well, I hope you didn't weaken. Oh, no. I kept right up with him until it was time for him to leave. Oh, yeah. Well, at least weaken enough to give us a little song, huh, Vera? All right, Jerry. I'll sing goodnight wherever you are. I'm Good night wherever you are. 
was very, very good. Hootman. Hootman? Pull on your kilt, won't you? We know you. Ah, Lassie. You have a bonny, bonny voice. Boy, is this guy corny tonight, eh? <laughs> Thanks for being so nice, Paul. Well, I've got to run out and buy a wool bond. That a girl? We'll take the hit out of Hitler, and our Joes will get Tojo. So long, boys. Goodbye, Vera. Goodbye. Come on. Oh, she's a nice girl, then. Now, uh, Winchell... About that surprise for my birthday? Uh, the surprise. Now, well, uh, let's see. Oh, say, Mr. Paul. Oh, hello, Amanda. I've been cleaning out the closet in your room. What do you do with your old clothes? He wears them. Oh, is that so? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I have a suit for every day in the week. And believe me, it always looks good on you, too. <laughs> All right, sir. Say, uh, tell me, Amanda, have you uh, heard from Clementine since you got married? How's she getting along? I was talking to Clementine just the other day. You were? Mm-hmm. She and Hal have been married the best part of a year now. The best part of a year? Uh-huh. Oh, they just got back from their honeymoon. Well, ain't that the best part of a year? Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, do you know how to fix for money? Uh, what is Harold's income? Usually about three in the morning. <laughs> no, no, I mean, uh, how much money does he make? Well, I don't think he makes as much as he says he does. I was at a party 
play at that house last week, and two people had to play the same piano. Oh, he's silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure hope they'll be happy. Harold has married a beautiful woman and a good cook. He has? Is that bigamist? <laughs> Boy, she's crisp as a cracker, ain't she, Lynchell? Yeah, she is. And twice as crummy, Jerry. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me, uh, is Clementine well, Amanda? Oh, sure. Clementine's just fine. But Harold says sometimes he suffers a little from matrimonial dyspepsia. Matrimonial dyspepsia? Yeah. His wife don't agree with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he says he's getting an impediment in his speech, too. Oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is this impediment in the speech? His wife. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll be happy together. People talk too much about unhappy marriages. Well, just look at all the happy marriages you see every day. Oh, sure. There's plenty of happy marriages, all right, Mr. Paul. Mm-hmm. It's living together after the marriage is tough. <laughs> well, I, I gotta run along now and see if the beds are made up. Oh, have they been fighting again? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how twins are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rhythm of the Rumba. Bob Stanley and the orchestra play Tupi Namba. Take that, would you, Jerry? Oh, sure. Maybe it's your gift. Hello there, partner boy. Hello, Mahoney. Why, Officer Monahan? Officer Monahan, is that cop following me around again? But you're Officer Monahan. I'm Officer Monahan. Oh dear, so I am. <laughs> I wish you told me about this sooner. Why? I've been trying to get away from myself all day. 
Well, uh, why did you come over tonight? Oh, no, you don't. I'm too smart for you this time. What are you talking about? That's the question you stuck me on last week. Oh, I've been so absent-minded lately. Today I arrested someone for making faces at me in the street. Well, what's absent-minded about that? I was standing in front of a mirror. <laughs> oh, Monahan, you ought to pull yourself together. You mean I should get tight? No, no, no. I mean about your absent-mindedness. Oh, yes, indeed. It's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. It's just awful. Just before I came here, I fell down a flight of stairs with two pints of beer. Uh, did you spill any? No, I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> my wife, though. I can't seem to use my head when she's around. Uh, why not? Well, she usually gets first crack at it. <laughs> now, uh, you take last night, for instance. Now, uh, what happened? Well, when I get home, my wife says to me, Pat, she says, she always calls me Pat. <laughs> Must be my first name. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, she says, today is our 15th anniversary. Do you remember when we were first married? And uh, what did you say? So I says, darling, my memory goes back even farther than that. I remember when I was happy. <laughs> hey, uh, Monahan, uh, talking about anniversaries, uh, do you know that today is my birthday? Is it really? Yes, it is. Oh, you don't say. Yes, I do say. Oh, you don't say. You know, I got this new uniform on my last birthday. You did, huh? Hey, see, that's why I'm over here. Someone put some knots in my old uniform. Uh, what did they put in? Knots. Knots, knots, Mahoney. Knots to you, too, Monahan. <laughs> But tell me, uh, who do you suspect? Well, now, my wife saw a little red-headed fella who looked an offer at Lake Mahoney here around the house. Now, Officer Monaghan, how could you suspect me? Matter of fact, it was the spitting image of Mahoney here. Sergeant Monaghan, you couldn't think it was me. Why, I have a good mind to arrest Captain you. Captain Monaghan, you don't think it was me? I think I'd just take out my handcuffs and I'd... Commissioner sh- Monaghan. And I'd just... Did he say Commissioner Monaghan? Uh-huh. Well, now that I'm in charge of the police force, I got more important things to do. So long, boys. Goodbye, Monahan. Come on. Lovely Bill Barton sings about the San Fernando Valley. I have a little tale to tell about a place I know so well. And so I say, go west, your man, to the land above the Rio Grande. I'm packing my grip And I'm leaving today Cause I'm taking a trip California way I'm gonna settle down And never more roam And make the San Fernando Valley my home I'll forget my sins I'll be making new friends where the west begins and the sunset ends cause I've decided where you truly should be and it's the San Fernando Valley for me I know that I'm safe and Satan he will be waiting when my lonely journey is done and kindly The promise he would make the two of us one. So I'm beating the trail to the cow country. You can forward my mail, pair of RFD. I'm gonna settle down and never more roam and make. 
the traveling far Just can't figure where you are If the prairie moon is wide and high You really made it You're in the San Fernando Valley Once more, let us return to uh, my present. Uh, I'll go. Oh, it's Daphne. Well, come in, Daphne. Gee, you look pretty today. What's eating you? <laughs> oh, well, uh, Jerry's having a birthday today, and he's campaigning. Oh, I get it. That's not the point. The point is, will I get it? <laughs> will you get what? The bicycle I want. Well, I don't know, but I'm going to a fortune teller to see what my boyfriend is going to give me for my birthday. A fortune teller? Yeah, one of them gastrologists. <laughs> no, you mean astrologists. I know a little bit about astrology myself. Uh, what sign were you born under? I wasn't born under no sign. I was born in the front bedroom. <laughs> no, you don't understand. You see, you were born under the sign of Zodiac. The Zodiac is a group of 12 stars. Gee, 12 stars. Must be an MGM picture. <laughs> now, uh, now tell me, uh, what is your star? Victor Mature. <laughs> no, and I'm talking about the heavenly body. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, when were you born? Oh, about nine o'clock. Mother was out playing bingo. <laughs> when she got home. Maybe she won you in a bingo game, huh? Oh, I don't think so, because I remember Pop saying I was no prize. <laughs> look, look, what I'm trying to find out is what month you were born. Oh, oh, December. I remember I wanted to be home for Christmas. <laughs> oh, well, uh, then you were born, you were born in Capricorn. You're crazy. I was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> Well, you see, uh, I was born on the Leo, or the Lion. Yeah, and he's been lying ever since. There he is. <laughs> I mean, I was born under the sign of the Lion. Oh, you were born at the zoo. Yes. Uh, no. Oh, let's forget the whole thing. I bet I know what you want for your birthday. Yeah, what? Frank Sinatra. Oh, please, how many times do I got to tell you don't mention that name so sudden? long enough for me to find out what my present is. Uh, tell me, Winchell, did you get me? It's a conspiracy, that's what it is. We'd clean up if we charge a nickel admission here. Come in. Ah, good day, my young friend. I represent the Pope Gulf and Gamble Publishing Company. We're teaching a wonderful new volume that shows you how to have an irresistible personality. It's called Fifty Nifty Art Poses. I, uh, wait a minute, that's the wrong book, brother. <laughs> ah, here it is. How to be charming though repulsive. Now, this little volume tells you in 5,000 easy lessons how you can make people slap you on the back instead of the face. All right, brother. Here is lesson number one, the charming smile. <laughs> and now, here is lesson number two, the winning laugh. <laughs> Don't do that. 
And now, brother, now here is lecture number three, the friendly slap on the back. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to let you in on something, the secret of the lovable disposition. Be a good listener. Don't halt the conversation. Let the other guy talk. Always keep your trap shut. How many copies do you want? Well, I'll tell you. I, I... know what you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me you can't read. Why, no. Well, I... Why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Well, I'll did... tell you why. Because you have no consideration for other people. And do you know why? Well, I... I'll tell you why. <laughs> because you're selfish, that's why. You just don't care. And do you know why? Well, I... I'll tell you why. <laughs> You don't care because you're selfish. And do you know why? Well, I could... I'll tell you why. <laughs> because you just don't care. And why don't you care? Because you're selfish. And do you know why? Tell me why. How should I know? Hey, uh, let me ask you something, huh? I have never seen it to fail. Here I am, trying to swindle you out of an honest dollar. I can't get a white in edgewise. Six million people. I got a pick on a guy that doesn't... But... Yes, Jerry? Uh, don't you think it's time we got back to the question of the birthday present? Well, I suppose you realize you don't really deserve it. Uh, what do you expect me to say? Well, after all, I, I am very fond of you, and I don't think you really mean to be bad. Of course not. You're just full of mischief. That's it. Why didn't I think of that? So, I'm going to give you your present. Oh, boy. Here it is. How do you like it? Oh, a bicycle. Oh, gee whiz, this is wonderful. You're great. It's marvelous. It's terrific. Why, it's even mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you like it, Jerry. Uh, what do you plan to do with it? Do with it? Yeah. Oh, boy. Fishing trips. Right through the park. When I got errands to do, just zip, zip, and I'm back. You forgot the bread I told you to get. Sorry. Zip, zip. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, Jerry, there's a hat that goes with this bicycle. A hat, too? Certainly. Gee whiz, this is too much. What kind of hat, huh? Well, on the front of it, it says Western Union. Oh, boy. What? You mean I gotta wait? Take it back. I don't want it. Take it back. I don't want it. Well, folks, that's our show for tonight. And with it, we bid goodbye to Paul and Jerry for the summer. We hope you'll be with us again next week at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Wartime when we'll be inaugurating a new program. So for the time being, at least, here's Paul Winchell to say... So long, folks. Have a nice vacation and don't get too much of a sunburn. And Jerry Mahoney, who says... Ouch! What's the trouble, Jerry? I'm already burned to a charcoal. Oh, never mind. Well, good night, folks, and hope to see you again in the fall. Good night. The Paul Winchell Jerry Mahoney Show was written by Ruth and Bob Town and Arthur Allsberg and was produced by Roger Bauer in the WOR Mutual Theater in New York. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts.